Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Hey, good morning church. How are we going? So good to have you here today in church. My name is Bronson. If you don't know who I am, along with my wife Gabby, we are the pastors here at Elevation Church Melbourne West. And uh, if you're a regular attender, so great to have you here. If it's your first time with us this morning, it's just awesome that you've decided to join us. I pray that God speaks to you during this time of uh, our service and this sermon. I believe He will. Who believes God speaks to us? Amen. 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 We're in week four of our series called The Powerhouse. You want to say it with me? Powerhouse. Powerhouse. Come on, one more time. Powerhouse. So good. This series is about the early church and how in the book of Acts we see how God moves amongst his church and how we believe that what God did in the Bible, he wants to do again today, right? He wants to continue doing. He has continued doing all through the centuries and the millennia. So we want to be the powerhouse church today as well. Our key verse for this series is Acts 1.8. It says, you will receive power. What will we receive? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I said it in week one, all the way to a place called Melbourne West, Jesus' power is coming upon us. I want to encourage you uh, this week, I was speaking to some friends we caught up with during the week and I said hey you watching any new tv shows or anything like that hey I want to tell you if you want to start a new like something in your life like like a new you know kind of like a tv series kind of like a movie I want to say to you get your bible and read the book of acts this week like don't worry about Netflix don't worry about Disney plus or Paramount or or Amazon get into your Bible man when you read the book of Acts there's so many things that are going on there's healings there's miracles there's the Holy Spirit being poured out there are like there's riots there's beatings well, we don't want so much that you know there's shipwrecks there's all these things that are happening I feel like it's the most uh, you know uh, action-packed thing that we could ever get involved in well today we're going to look at something that is uh, repeated throughout Acts and the Gospels and it is the topic of healing say it with me healing we're going to speak about healing today, and we're going to talk about how, what the Bible says about it. Uh, does it happen in the world today? What's its purpose? And then, uh, so I'm going to answer those questions. And then at the end of my message, I'm going to invite people up to the front to be prayed for healing. So uh, two people are excited about God healing their bodies. <laughs> So if you need healing today, at the end of my message, we're going to sing a song. And I want to encourage you to come up for prayer because we're going to believe for God to move in your life, which I believe is going to be so, so good. If you've got your Bibles, will you open them up with me to Acts 3? And we're going to read from chapter 1. It says this, a great story in the Bible. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer At three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. Where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter 
Look straight at him. Uh, anyone ever walk down the street and you get people ask you for money? Do you like look straight at them? You're like, oh, I can't see you. Like, you know, I'm really busy. Peter looked straight at him. And so the man gave him his, he said, look at us. The man gave him his attention, expecting something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. He says, in the name of Jesus of Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking his hand, by taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your miraculous miracles in the Scriptures and for today. We just praise you, Jesus, as we read in your word that you would speak to us, Holy Spirit. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Uh, growing up, there were a number of things that I used to uh, not really like to do. In fact, that I used to hate to do. Uh, one of them was, you know, doing what I was told by my parents. Uh, like, you know, like none of us like to do that when we were younger. But the main one I used to really not like to do was to speak in public in front of people. Like I used to really not like to do public speaking. In fact, not even public speaking. It was like even if I had to speak in front of like two or three people, I didn't like doing that. And so two or three, 30, 40, 100, 300 people, I didn't like to do that. It was like hard pass. I'll let someone else do that. Anyone know what I'm talking about? few people well today you know with the role that I have you know you sort of can't hard pass that stuff off anymore so these days it's less of an issue for me uh, I'm a lot more confident in public speaking but I still get nervous so just to let you know if you ever do any public speaking and you're nervous you're like oh, I wish I was like Pastor Bronson he doesn't get nervous he does get nervous I do get nervous so uh, I still get nervous but one area where I'm still not very confident is the area of reversing a trailer all the men right now, all the manly men are looking down at me right now. I'm not very confident in reversing a trailer. Uh, in fact, I've had some bad experiences with reversing a trailer. Uh, I remember one time I borrowed Dad's trailer and I, I loaded it all up with rubbish and then I assumed or hoped Dad would then take it from my house to the tip. For whatever reason, he was busy and so I had to take the, 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 the trailer to the trip tip. So I got there and, and I don't know if you've ever been to the tip, uh, the dump, you, you go there and you're allocated a certain, you've got to head off into this direction and you, you have to back in to get your garbage out, to throw your rubbish in the bin. So, uh, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm not stupid. Like I tried my best. I, I drove and straightened as straight as I could, right? Like that's the, the best tip. Like get your, your vehicle and your trailer as straight as you can. Well, from there it just turned into a disaster and I'm back and forth, back and forth. It got so bad, I was like, I can't do this. I didn't drive off. I did something even more embarrassing. I, I, was, I looked around. I was like, I'm going to go ask that guy. So I saw the biggest, meanest, toughest looking man. He's driving like a Ford Ranger, like big, massive thing. I'm like, I reckon this guy knows how to do it. I said, hey, man. I'm like, hey, man. Do you, do you? 
can you reverse my trailer? Like, I'm not used to reversing it. And he, like, looked at me. He's like, oh, who's this dude? And he's like, oh, okay, mate. So, I, like, two seconds later, it's reversed. I threw my garbage in the bin, did a massive spin out as I took off. So embarrassing. You know, I'm just, I've got zero confidence in reversing a trailer these days. And now I've got PTSD and it's like, oh, anything but reversing a trailer. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Like, you know, maybe for you it's not reversing a trailer, but there's something that we're not, there's things that we are confident about and things that we're not so confident about. You know, maybe for you, you're confident talking yourself up. Like, oh, you know, you're confident talking yourself up or whatever it might be. You know, you're really confident. But in other scenarios, when it comes to, like amongst your friends, talking yourself up, but to talk to new people, you're not so confident to do that. Okay, some people like that. Maybe you're confident uh, rocking that new alpha that we've got. Right, any, any, it, well, we've got a wedding coming up uh, on Friday. Uh, one of our nephews is getting married, and um, Gab's had to buy like three or four new dresses. <laughs> it's one wedding. And uh, so, so, yesterday she was showing me the outfit, and she was rocking that outfit. So, you're confident rocking the outfit, but you're not so confident. Yeah, you're not so confident rocking up to the karaoke bar to bat out a few tunes, right? Like, you know, I, I, I don't know what it is for you. You know, we can be confident in one area but less confident in another. And sometimes when it comes to the topic of healing, we can be a little bit like that. Like we're confident in Jesus and we're confident that he came, his salvation, his gift of salvation. We're confident in God, that he created the heavens and the earth, that he's real. We're confident in the Holy Spirit, that he's indwelled and he's infilled us with his power. But for, for some reason it might be, and I'm not saying all of us, but it could be that we're not so confident when it comes to the topic of healing. And this could be for a variety of reasons. You know, you may have prayed for someone, someone you loved or a friend or a stranger, or maybe you prayed for yourself, and the prayer that you prayed for healing, you didn't see God move in that circumstance. Uh, we, we pray for our children when they're not sick, when they're unwell. And recently I was praying for Roman. He had a headache, and, and, and he goes to me, he goes, Dad, I don't know why you're praying for me. Like a lot of times when you pray when I've got a headache, the headache doesn't go away. I'm like, you're not a very good Christian boy. You're not supposed to say that. Like, as Christians, we know the game, right? Oh, yeah, it'll get better. Thank you. He's like, no, it doesn't work. And I'm like, whoa. You know, we've prayed and it hasn't worked. And so our confidence is a little bit discouraged. You know, we're not sure. Uh, maybe you've been in circles, you've been in church, or you've been amongst people where, where healing was weird, it was, it was fruity, it was, you know, a little bit crazy, and there was all these things that had to happen. And, and you're just like, wow, it's a bit out there. You know, I don't really want to be part of that kind of way of, of praying for healing. Perhaps you believed healing died in the, in the uh, New Testament. Perhaps you be- believe that it's, that it's ceased. It's not something for today. It's not something for us to, to live in in the moment of 2022. Whatever it is, we can have different experiences that can cause us at times to step back from the confidence that God heals people and that he wants to heal people. There's something important we need to understand about the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of God moving in the church today and especially when it comes to healings. And it's this, in the Gospels, God outworks his miracles to people, but in Acts, God outworks his miracles through people. Through people. And so what that means is that God is no longer operating in the kind of way that he operated in the Old Testament. If you study the scriptures of the Old Testament, God would select special people. There were chosen people. There were an elite people that God 
chose to pour his Holy Spirit on and he would pour it out on those people. But today we're living in the new covenant. Today God pours his spirit out on all believers. He pours his spirit out on all of those who follow him. He pours his spirit out on all of his church. And the emphasis is never on a person position, title, or office, rather when God moves, the emphasis is always on Him moving through His people. He wants to move through your life. Did you know that? He wants to move through you, through you, through what you're doing. And so what this means is that we all carry the anointing, the, the, the calling of God to reach our world for Jesus. If you thought that that was the work for the pastors, no, it is the work for all of us. We've all been given the Great Commission. See, your family needs what you have. Your school needs what you have. Your workplace needs what you have. Your friends need what you have. Our city needs what we have. And what do we have? We have Jesus and the world needs to know about Jesus. A relationship with Christ. All we read uh, in the book of Acts reminds us it's not what man is doing, but what God was doing. So let's just you know, backtrack on some of these verses that we looked at earlier. Acts 3 verse 1 says, One day Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I always thought growing up that the time of prayer was like 5 o'clock in the morning because that's when my dad used to always pray, right? (laughs) But there were multiple times of prayer in the Jewish calendar. But they're going up at the time of 3 in the afternoon. Then a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the gate called Beautiful where he was put every day. This is where he was put every day to beg from those going in the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Why were Peter and John going to the temple? Were they going there to hear a great sermon from one, one of the rabbis? Were they going there to hear some, uh, to sing some amazing songs, some hymns, whatever it might be? Were they going there to hang with their friends, to have an amazing coffee or whatever they drunk in New Testament times? I don't know what it was, maybe some wine. No, they weren't going for any of those reasons. They were going to the temple to pray. It was the hour of prayer. And so they were going to the temple to go and pray. Prayer is important or was important in the early church, in the church of Acts, Acts 2.42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of prayer, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. This is what they did. They prayed. Let us never become too busy to pray. Let us never think that life is going so well that we never pray. Let us never think that we know God or the Scriptures so amazingly that we think that we're too big to pray now. Prayer is a key spiritual practice of our walk with God. Or maybe maybe we think and we feel that prayer is an optional add-on to our life. Like last week, remember I was speaking about how sometimes the Holy Spirit, people think the Holy Spirit is an optional extra to their walk with God. Well, what I said last week is that no, the Holy Spirit is not optional. The Holy Spirit is essential. And prayer is exactly the same. Prayer is not an optional thing for our lives. Prayer is an, is an essential thing for our lives. See, prayer is a place of intimacy with God. It connects our spirit to God's spirit. It builds our inner person. It develops our relationship with the Holy Spirit. 
prayer is communing with God. It's communicating and it's talking. And that builds our relationship with Him. On their way, way to pray, Peter and John are offered an opportunity for God's power to be released through them. Prayer always precedes God's miracle-working power. Prayer always precedes the release of God's power. So today I want to say to you, watch your life become a magnet for the miraculous as you pray, as you seek God, as you make prayer an important part of your life. Anyone want to see God's power released upon their life? Pray for God to be part of you and to release His power. The beggar is asking for money. He's asking for arms, but what he really needs is a miracle, right? Like he's sitting there and and the money and the arms will help to make him be able to live. Hopefully a better life will enable him to survive the day till the next day when he continues to beg. But what he really needs, church, is he needs a miracle, right? A miracle in his life. And it makes me wonder, as I was just pondering these verses, this passage of Scripture, it makes me wonder... How many people do I walk past in my life who need a miracle? It makes me wonder how many people in my life that I know, my friends, my family, who need a miracle in their lives as we pass by them, they need God to move upon them. And I would suggest that we don't have to look very far. I would suggest we don't have to look very far into the world to see people who are desperate, who are hurting, who are needing God to move in their life, who are discouraged, who are lost, and they may not know it, but they need a miracle. They may not realize it. They say, I need this, but what they really need is God to move in their life and to bring a miracle into their situation. And Peter and John, they don't offer money or arms. They offer something much greater. You know, I I don't know where you sit today, but maybe you don't have much money or arms to offer people. But you've got something much greater, just like Peter and John did. They offer Jesus. They offer healing to his body without hesitation. What was it that made them say to themselves, they could have quite easily probably have said, well, let's, let's, let's dip into our pocket, there's some coins here, we could give it to this man. What instead made them stay? Instead of having that approach, let's look high. Instead of saying that, what made them say to this person, hey, we don't have money, but what we can offer you is Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. Why made them able to do that? I believe it's because I had a revelation that healing was part of God's divine will and nature. F.F. Bosworth says this, It is impossible to boldly claim by faith a blessing which we are not sure God offers. Because the power of God can be claimed only where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. And so he's saying there, we need to know what the will of God is then we can have faith that God will do or that He is who He says He is. And so I don't know about you today, and I don't know everything about healing. I don't know why sometimes God does heal Romans' headache and sometimes God doesn't heal Romans' headache. I don't know why these things happen, but here's what I do know. I know that the Scriptures say that when we go to heaven, there will no longer be any sickness or affirmities, or disease, or hurt, or pain. I know that in heaven there is no sickness at all. And I also know the scriptures say this. It says to pray, God, your kingdom come 
on earth as it is in healing. So I have a theology that says that God wants to bring the same healing he has in heaven and make it available to us here on earth to move in our lives, to heal us of what we might be carrying in our bodies. I want to share a th- uh, three quick thoughts with us this morning about healing. And then I'm going to invite people to come forward for prayer if you need healing in your bodies or if you need prayer for something else. I want to open up the altar. Uh, if the kids could come, uh, that would be fantastic. Uh, a few thoughts on divine healing. Write this down. Number one, sickness is a result of sin. So number one, sickness is a result of sin. Psalm, uh, sorry, Romans 5.12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin... And in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. Uh, The scripture talks about how death comes to all people because of sin. Death is the the maturity. Death is the return. Death is the reward for our investment in sin. Like it's it's the impact of what happens. Without sin, we need to realize there's no sickness in the world. Without the fall, there was no sickness. Like God didn't plan for humanity to be sick, like He made it perfect. The Scripture said He made it good, but through the fall of Adam and Eve, sin came into the world and therefore death. But here's what we need to realize. Jesus didn't just come to heal us. He came to deliver us and to set us free from the effects of sin. He came to set us free from the root of sickness, which is sin. Now, I want to clarify something here this morning. Like, like I, I don't subscribe to the fundamentalist way of preaching this kind of stuff that might say that if you are sick, it's because of specific sin in your life. Now, it may be, but I'm not saying that every occurrence of sickness you have means that you've been sinning and God's dealing with you. Like, if you've got a headache, maybe you just haven't been drinking enough water. It's not God punishing you because of the sin in your life. So, But I believe overarching all sickness exists because of sin in the world. I'm, I'm going somewhere with this, guys. Come and bear with me. We're going somewhere. Number two, it is in God's nature to heal. It's in God's nature to heal. God is our source of healing because God is health. Exodus 15, 26. He said, If you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in His eyes, if you pay attention to His commands and keep all His decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord who heals you. In the Old Testament, God reveals Himself as a healer. I am your healer. And in the New Testament, Jesus continues this revelation. He says this in John 5.19. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by Himself. He can do only what He sees the Father doing. What He sees the Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son does also. The Father, God in the Old Testament, heals people. Jesus in the New Testament sees the example of God, the Father, and He continues that healing here on earth. He brings it to humanity. Matthew 4.23, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Matthew 9.35, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Luke 6.19, and the people all tried to touch Him because power was coming from Him 
and healing them. Jesus is, was a healer. He did what the Father did. So we, what we need to realize, it's in God's nature to heal. It's in God's nature to heal us. It's in God's nature to set us free from sickness. It's in God's nature to save us. It's in God's nature to bring the good news to humanity, to us. And see, in the, in the Gospels, we see the blind healed. We see the demon-possessed set free. We see the deaf and the mute healed. We see dead people raised. We see lepers set free from leprosy. We see servants of of rabbis and centurions healed. We see issue of blood uh, stopped and healed. We see withered hands restored healing. So many people in the Scriptures are healed. Jesus heals them right where they are. He meets them. And the, the emphasis is never on a person, position, title or office, but rather God who is still moving through His people. And when you open up the book of Acts, you see there's healing. People are healed. People are set free. People are healed. God is in, it's in His nature to heal. And number three, healing was paid for at the cross. Come on, amen. Healing was, was paid for at the cross. Jesus defeats the power of sin at the work of the cross. And at doing so, pushes back on the effects of sin, which includes, yes, eternity separated from God, but also includes disease and sickness. Psalm 103 verse 1, praise the Lord. Anyone here this morning need to say, praise you, Lord. Praise the Lord. My soul, all my utmost being, praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not His benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your sicknesses. Jesus pays for our spiritual health, but He's also paid for our, paid for our physical health. 1 Peter 2.24, Who Himself bore our sins in His own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. Come on, have we died to sin with Christ within us, that we might live in righteousness, Christ's righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. We were healed. We are healed. We are being healed. Jesus continues to heal our lives. This morning, today, we're going to pray for some people for healing And maybe today you're in one of those camps when it comes to healing. I don't know where you are, but this morning I would encourage you. Would you come forward as we stand up this morning, as we ask the team to come uh, to lead us in in, in a song of worship. But today, as we get ready to pray for people, we want us to remember this. Sickness is a result of sin. It's in God's nature to heal. Healing was paid for at the cross. Final thought on healing. How does healing occur? Scriptures say it occurs in the name of Jesus. It's not because of some person. It's not because of some church that you're part of. It's not because of something you know necessary that uh, you read in a book. It's not man who heals. It's God working through man that heals. It's in the name of Jesus that healing comes. It's in the name of Jesus we're going to ask for healings here this morning. Come on, why don't you stand with me right now.